Welcome to the Israel Daily News Podcast. I'm your host, Shanna Fold, and I'm here to get you caught up quickly. I've got some top news stories for you today from Israel, and guess what? You're listening, so you're already on top of your game. Survive and thrive, people. Knowledge is the best weapon. Today is Wednesday, November 16th, 2022 in the Gregorian calendar and the 22nd of Cheshvan, 5783 in the Hebrew calendar. Now, let's get to the news. Making headlines today is that an Israeli oil tanker was hit by a drone near Oman. The media is reporting that it was a bomb-carrying drone, and it happened off the coast of Oman. The oil tanker is owned by an Israeli billionaire. The event happened last night, so that was Tuesday. The vessel is Liberian and called the Pacific Zircon, which is owned by Idan Ofer, but operated by a Singapore-based shipping company. No one has taken responsibility for this attack, but Iran is under suspicion because in the past, Iran has targeted Israeli drones flying the skies in the region. Iran is, however, reportedly blaming Israel for the attack, claiming it is a, quote, distraction from the World Cup, which is to be held in Qatar next week. Yesterday, there was a horrific terror attack, stabbing, car-ramming spree carried out by an 18- or 19-year-old Palestinian man who showed up to his workplace in the West Bank settlement of Ariel with a knife. We covered the horrific attack yesterday, naming one of the three victims who were killed. Today, we have the second name. Michael Ladyjin, a 36-year-old father of two, was murdered by stabbing on Tuesday. He's a resident of the Israeli city of Batyam and is an immigrant to Israel from Ukraine. He arrived five years ago. Other members of his family have followed in his footsteps as the Russian invasion of Ukraine caused them to flee for their lives. The Batyam municipality, which if you didn't know is a city outside of Tel Aviv to the city's south, they say that they will provide assistance to the family. One other man was killed during the rampage, and three others are suffering in the hospital. Another victim is named Tamir Avichai, who left behind his wife and six children. The attacker came to work at Intel, which is located in the Ariel Industrial Zone in the West Bank. He came to the entrance of the gate with a knife and stabbed a civilian security guard who was hurt but lived. A fellow security guard shot his gun into the air, but nothing more, and the attacker continued on to stab two people at a gas station nearby. Then he fled the scene in a stolen vehicle, continued with the car, crashed into another vehicle on Route 5, exited the car, and stabbed another person. He continued on by stealing a new vehicle, driving against traffic, crashing into other cars, and then exiting the vehicle. At that point, he was shot by soldiers and civilians who had guns. The young man had no prior offenses on his record and had a proper permit to enter Israel from the Palestinian territory. The Israeli military, Shin Bet, and border police went to the Palestinian village of Haris to figure out how they are going to demolish the attacker's home, which is something that the IDF does to terrorists and the families of terrorists after such attacks. We'll keep you informed on the situation as more details come out. 
The U.S. Department of Justice has decided to launch an official investigation into the killing of Palestinian-American journalist Shirin Abu Akleh. It's unusual that the U.S. would launch such an investigation into an ally country. Abu Akleh was killed in a war zone while she was on the job months back, and it rocked the world. Israel conducted a large-scale investigation, which suggested the final bullet that killed her was likely to have come from an Israeli soldier's gun. AIPAC, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee, is criticizing the decision, saying Israel already conducted a complete and thorough investigation and said, quote, Israel, like the U.S., would rightly not accept an uncoordinated investigation of the actions of its troops by a foreign entity. Former Israeli ambassador to the United States says this decision puts Israel on par with the Islamists who murdered Daniel Pearl in 2002, the only death of an American journalist overseas ever investigated by the FBI. This is an affront to Israel's military and judiciary, which thoroughly investigated Abu Akleh's tragic death and a violation of Israel's sovereignty. Such disrespect would be incompatible in relations between any two independent nations, much less close allies. If you are getting caught up on your Israel Daily News, we'd like you to consider sending over a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News. The financial support we get from subscribers helps us maintain our show and helps us continue to grow and try to reach new audiences. Subscribers will get a handwritten thank you note and a little poem that I write myself to let you know how thrilled we are to have your support. Thank you to all my loyal listeners, and thank you for your interest in Israeli affairs, Israeli politics, our world politics. We have one link in the show notes, which you can click on, and that'll take you to the page where you too can make a contribution and feel good knowing that knowing that you're supporting independent journalism. So check that out at anchor.fm slash Israel Daily News. You can also support us by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Two, you can share the show with a friend. And three, you can follow us on Facebook at IsraelDaily.News, as well as Shanna Fold. My name has two N's in it, and I'm very sensitive about that. You can also find us on Twitter at Israel Podcast. Israel is signing on to an agreement with two European energy companies, and the point is to arrange a calculation to figure out Israel's share of income from the Kana Sidon natural gas field out at sea. The Monday agreement accompanies, of course, the maritime deal between Israel and Lebanon, which was penned last month. Israel is set to receive about 17% of the value of the field to match the proportion for which lies in Israel's official waters. American rapper Tyga is coming to Israel to perform in December. It's the second time that he's going to do so in the Holy Land in one year. The artist will also have a few Israeli artists join him on stage, including Jimbo J, Itai Peled, and Ofek Adanek. The show is happening at Hangar 11 in Tel Aviv. Tickets will go on sale, and they'll cost around 329 shekels, so just below 100 bucks. I just learned this about Taiga. I didn't know this, but his stage name actually stands for Thank You God Always. All right. Well, that is it for today's show. Today is Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. Tel Aviv has a low of 16 degrees Celsius and a high of 24 degrees. That's 61 degrees Fahrenheit for the low, going up to 75 degrees for the high. Subscribe to the Israel Daily News podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're hearing it from. We 
are everywhere. Don't forget to sign up to our Israel Weekly News Wrap. It's a newsletter with the top five stories coming out of Israel from throughout the week. I also usually add in a few personal anecdotes so you can get the inside scoop on what's going on in my personal life. And I always mention our professional highlights from the Israel Daily News podcast. Let's hear a rendition of Livchor Nachon by Idan Tamler, Morty Weinstein, and Nicole Revive. It's lovely. Enjoy this song and have a great and productive day. Sofa comit na kezilai, in yan shells aviot. Alome vin remazimulai, zvaim veotiot. Mabat hatu velats vividai, haklole istake. Mashebifim kabifnimidai, korim lezerge. Oh, no.